As if you needed another reminder, the matchup for Super Bowl 45. The Steelers and Packers down to the field. Charles Woodson standing by with Pam Oliver. Charles, you're one of the last voices the team hears before it heads out onto the field. What was your message today before the Super Bowl? It was real simple. You know, don't think about anything else but just win it. Just go out here and win. Appreciate it, Charles. Thank you. Let's go over to Chris Myers. Pam with Mike Tomlin. You've been through this before. Your emotion of the team and also what do you think we should look for early? You know, I don't know how much experience helps uh, right about now. You know, I think both teams are extremely fired up. We're not going to try to get too cute early. I want everybody selling to this game and understand that we're here, here to play and play to win. Right, thanks for your time. Good luck, Coach. All right, bud. Take care. Hello and welcome to episode number 52 of the Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Pankari and Brandon Manitoba, joined in the Brandon Sun interview room by the winner of the 2023 Great Owl Media Flight, as predicted on his last appearance on the program, Thomas Reason. That's Congra- true. We didn't call that. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I won by 15, so... Uh, the fun fact was on Saturday night, they mysteriously changed the media flight to a net event, <laughs> claiming they had done so beforehand, but I'm not sure if that was the case or if they just wanted to not let it be a runaway lead after day one, but we got the job done. Imagine they did that when Tiger was destroying the field in 97 Masters. <laughs> no, this is, we need ratings. <laughs> this is not a recap of the 2023 Great Hell Media Flight. We do not have audio of Thomas going, oh, look at me making this putt on six. I did make a putt on six for Brady, yeah, actually. That was a good one. Uh, we are actually discussing um, a game we had talked about doing a while ago, probably right after I got here, or shortly after we figured out some of the stuff. Uh, we were traveling to 2011 uh, in a Super Bowl game, Super Bowl 45, between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers, who Thomas was a fan of at this particular point in time. And now, like Perry, is a jaded old man. <laughs> and here's her nobody. Um, I guess... Before we get into the game and all the re- re- leading and everything, explain your Packers fandom a bit and how you got into them as a team and that kind of thing. When I was eight years old, my family went on a road trip through Wisconsin and we stopped at Lambeau Field. We wanted to get on the field and play around, but they were doing renovations, wouldn't let us on. But I got my first football from the pro shop and as an eight-year-old, that was enough to pick a team. So I went through a few kind of strange Brett Favre years, decent years, and then the transition to Aaron Rodgers, which very quickly became a really, really fun team to watch. And yeah, they uh, they reached their pinnacle in the game we're going to talk about and then put me through one conference championship heartbreak after the next over the next decade until it finally broke me. More on that a little bit later on. Um, in terms of the Packers, as we discussed, as I discussed in episode 50, the 2005-2006 USC Trojans, or 2004-2005 USC Trojans, is probably the closest they've had to live and die on every single play team, excluding Greyhound playoff runs and Kyle Larson with racing. Because racing and curling, little, and curling stuff a bunch of teams. That's a little bit different than the big four. Um, is the Packers the closest die on every play type of team in, the, in that era for fandom, or is there another team maybe to be close to that? I wouldn't say there was anybody close, like nobody that where it, it hurt 24 hours later still. It was teams that you watch in the moment. I mean, the Bombers most of my life were so bad mm-hmm. that I was just used to them winning four games, six games, not even making the playoffs in the Canadian Football League, which in an 18 league was, it's almost more impressive than winning. 
<laughs> well, the Elks, this year's Elks PF, <laughs> Jefferson Sports in the future to go winless? Maybe. <laughs> they probably will go winless. They didn't even score a point this weekend. Uh, yeah, I would say, like, along your right, definitely like that old, like USC undefeated run, as I talked about in the previous mm-hmm. episode, and then racing stuff with Kyle Larson, some certain races for dirt side of things, and then probably eating your head Olympics, because that's every, once every four years. I know my brother and Dean Olympics is that kind of deal, because especially him trying to get Olympic gold. Right. No, I'm not was... living and dying on Eve at the uh, Yorkton Cash Field. <laughs> is she playing in the Yorkton Cash Field? Uh, she played a slam in Yorkton. That's a little bit different than just... Uh, I did see her at home and play a slugfest game at a Calgary Cash Field like a decade ago. I'm like, you shouldn't be calling these shots. These are outrageous. <laughs> no one's watching this. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the game itself and talk about the two teams. We'll start with the Packers. Coach Mike McCarthy in his fifth season. In 2009, he went 11-5 in his second in the NFC North. Uh, one win back in the Minnesota Vikings. Got the first wild card, but lost a wild 51-45 to overtime game in a wild card round to the Arizona Cardinals. Early experience of pain for Thomas in the Rodgers era. Well, yeah, that, the, the, that game ended on Aaron Rodgers being face mask ripped to the ground as he fumbled the ball. Face mask wasn't called, and they scored a touchdown on that play to end the game. Uh, so that was tough, but they obviously bounced back. And they didn't bounce back in dramatic fashion, right? They go 10-6 and six this year, and they squeak <laughs> in with the number six seed. <laughs> it's a magical journey as we're going to Rogers Super Bowl in a bit. Uh, on an 9 team, Charles Woodson was named Defensive Player of the Year for the NFL, joining Reggie White as the only Packers to accomplish that. And that 9 team was at a franchise record at the time, 461 points, which was five ahead of the 96 team that won a Super Bowl. That's now fourth all-time on the list of some of the teams in the Rodgers era. Yeah. In 2010, as mentioned, the Packers win 10 and 6, second in the NFC North, one back of the Chicago Bears. Snuck in the second wild card spot, tied on record with the Giants and the Bucks, but a better strength of victory percentage, 475 to the Giants 400 and the Bucks 344. Uh, never lost a game by more than four points, never trailed by more than seven all season, and the only team in the merger since the merger era to do that in the NFL. So six losses is a lot with that being considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the road to the Super Bowl, again, this is a quite a journey as we're going to go through here. Uh, started off with 27-20 win over the Eagles. Kevin Cobb is concussed in that game, so Michael Vick comes in for the Eagles. That proves important for their season as we go along. And David Akers missed two field goals that David Akers should <coughs> almost never miss that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt like Green Bay got bailed out that week and probably should have been a first-round exit. Justin Harrell and Ryan Grant were both done for the year with that injury of injuries. And also, that was the first win for the Packers over the Eagles in Philadelphia since 1962. That was my first real taste. You mentioned the Ryan Grant injury of understanding that running backs don't really matter. And we're talking about that conversation now. And like say, it's with the contract, it's been talked about for like a decade almost with the proliferation yeah. of the passing game. The, the teams that win the Super Bowl, the lead back in the playoffs is always a low-paid guy because the money goes elsewhere. And this season had James Starks as a young guy, rookie or second year, just jump in and mm-hmm. and carry the load all the playoffs. And he actually came in really fresh. Yeah. It made me wonder if, if you should almost have a starter and a closer kind of scenario to approach your season and keep a guy fresh for the playoffs. Keep You build around John Kuhn a fullback. That's what I think you should do in this situation. <laughs> Hello, I'm PFT commenter. Uh, after I went over to the Eagles, they followed up about 34-17, or 34-7 over to the Buffalo Bills, then lose 20-17 on the road to Chicago with a franchise record 18 penalties. Oh, you're talking about the regular season? Yeah, we're season going through regular season here. Okay, because <laughs> I thought they only beat the Eagles by five. 
No, we'll get yeah. we'll get there. We're getting there oh, okay. in a bit. But we managed, we're going to work our slowly way through here. Uh, week four to beat the Lions, but Nick Barnett has a wrist injury, so his season is done. Week five, overtime road loss to the Washington Redacteds, 13-3 lead after three quarters. And there goes to Michael Finley's season. And career? Um, I'm pretty sure Finley came back. He had a couple more injuries later on. Let yeah. me check the Everac Wikipedia. Yes, he, he played for a couple more years, yeah. but full year in 12, then 2013 was against the Browns when he has the career-ending injury. That was a real what-could-have-been career. Mm. Uh, week six, uh, another loss to fall to 3-3 three and three in overtime to Miami. They beat Favre for the first time in Minnesota, or was the 2020 win at home. Uh, then a sicko 9-0 win over the New York Jets on the road, followed by a 45-7 beating at home of the Dallas Cowboys. Coming off the bye, they beat Minnesota 31-3, drop a 2017 decision to Atlanta. Beat the 49ers at home to get to 8-4. Week 14, lose 7-3 on the road to Detroit. Rodgers is concussed and then misses the next week. Mm-hmm. So in comes Matt Flynn, who will play a very important game later in the following year, and gets paid for it. Flynn throws three touchdowns, but it's a 31-27 loss winning the Patriots. That falls the Packers to 8-6. Packers then cruise to a 45-17 win over the Giants, and needing to win to make the playoffs, do so in the final week of the regular season, 10-3 at home over the Chicago Bears. Then the aforementioned game against the Eagles. Right. 21 to 16. So you are right. That sounds right. I thought it was five points because the two field goals Akers missed in theory should have turned the tide. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was capped off by a turn. Excuse me. Uh, Tremont Williams end zone pick with 33 seconds to go. Tremont Williams. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Seals the win in that one. The day before, if we're looking at the NFC playoffs, was the Beastquake game. Seattle 41, New Orleans 36. Mm-hmm. In the divisional round, the Packers scored 28 points in the second quarter. Rodgers goes 31 to 36 with 366 yards and four touchdowns for 48 to 21 shellacking on the road over the Atlanta Falcons. That was fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to watch. Early. Big me watching the Trojans destroy Oklahoma national title game energy. And I had an Atlanta Falcons teammate in on my high school volleyball and basketball stuff that lived and died by that team. That. Uh, I had to be really careful with in school on the Monday not to, to gloat or anything. Like it, the damage had been done. I feel like that game, the really big play that kind of just iced it was a Tremont Williams pick six right at the end of the first half or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana NFC title game against the Chicago Bears on the road. Smoking Jay Cutler is hurt in the Sam Seals pick. In comes Caleb Heine. Legend. <laughs> uh, there's a pick six by BJ Raji and then a late pick by Shields. Twenty-one to fourteen, Packers win that. The one. BJ Raji pick six is unforgettable. <laughs> six foot two, three hundred and thirty-ish pounds, and just pure beast. This guy had a thirty-two inch vertical, I think, at the, in his testing, which is just absurd to think about somebody putting that much weight up like that, but. His pick six, just lumbering into the corner of the end zone and casually reaching the ball out while the defender chased him down and swatted it out. Like, he had, he was maybe a foot, if that, into the end zone when the ball was swatted out, and it could have been a disaster touchback <laughs> scenario, but it wasn't. And they just won that defensive battle at Soldier Field to to run the table on three road wins in the playoffs was just crazy. Uh, the fifth appearance in the Super Bowl for 
the Packers. They had won in 67 and 68 and in 97, but lost in 98 to Denver. The close they had been since then was an NFC title game loss to the Giants at Lambeau, Favre's last game at the Packers in 2008. Yes. As for the Steelers, Mike Collin is fourth season as head coach. Uh, the year prior, in 2009, coming off their Super Bowl win over the Arizona Cardinals, they went 9-7 and seven to finished third in the North. The Bengals shockingly won the division that year, 10-6. and six. You'll never guess what happened to them in their first playoff game. Well, if I'm never going to guess, <laughs> did they win? <laughs> no! <laughs> Maybe in a hallucinated dream I've had. Uh, Ravens were also 9-7 that year. Also 9-7 were the Jets and the Texans, but Baltimore and the Jets ended up getting wild cards through convoluted tiebreaker formulas. Uh, this year, the Steelers had none of that going for them. 12-4 and four to win the AFC North. Second overall seed behind the Patriots were 14-12. and 12. Uh, The Ravens also went 12-4, and four, but the division went to the Steelers because they went 5-1 and one in divisional play. Uh, fewest points allowed to lead 232. Troy Polamalu was the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, joining Joe Green, who did it twice, Mel Blount, Jack Lambert, Rod Woodson, James Harrison, and down the line, T.J. Watt, as the Steelers players to win that award. The road to the Super Bowl, very interesting. Ben Roethlisberger is given a six-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy after two separate sexual assault incidents, but criminal charges were never brought. Roethlisberger's suspension is brought down to four games because NFL Wheel of Justice. Uh, Byron Leftwich is looking like he's going to be the starter for the first few games, but he gets hurt in the preseason finale, so former Oregon Ducks legend Dennis Dixon is in at quarterback for week one. Uh, Steelers start off a 15-9 home overtime win over Atlanta. Rashad Mendenhall, a 50-yard walk-off touchdown run. They then beat the Titans on the road 19-11. Uh, first team in 12 games to prevent Chris Johnson from rushing for 100 yards or more. And in that game, Dixon sprains his knee. So Charlie Bash, let's remember some guys, comes in at quarterback. Uh, the next week, Bash gets his first start since 2007. Steelers win 38-13. Uh, then a 17-10 loss on the road to the Ravens. Joe Flacco, elite. 33 seconds left, touchdown pass to TJ Huzmanzada. I had forgotten that TJ Huzmanzada had played for the Ravens. <laughs> this will be important on Immaculate Graden. This will be important on Immaculate Graden. That's actually weeks. great. We're going to fire that up after this. <laughs> um, by week, Roethlisberger comes back. 28-10 home win over the Browns. They beat the Dolphins to get the 5-1. Then lose to the Saints. Beat the Bengals. Lose to the Patriots to go to 6-3. Route the Raiders 35-3. Sean, is it Sweesham? I think. Sweesham. Yeah, Sweesham. 19-16 overtime win for the, over the Bills, a 41-yarder. In a wild finish, they beat the Ravens uh, on the road 13-10. Beat the Bengals 23-7. Lose to the Jets 22-17. Beat the Panthers at home 27-3. Then wrapped up the division with a 41-9 route with the Cleveland Browns. They're off on wild card week. Wild card week features Dick Folk kicking a walk-off field goal. For the Jets in a 17-16 win over Indy, and the Ravens beat the Chiefs 30-7. In a divisional round, they beat the Ravens. Back when that matchup was always in prime time, it seemed like, Steelers yeah. and the Ravens. Uh, Roethlisberger finds Antonio Brown before Antonio completely loses the plot. <laughs> 58-yarder. Then Rashad Mendenhall, two-yard rush of 133 left. Ben is sacked six times in that game. Flacco was sacked five times. Yep, this seems like a very typical Steelers-Ravens game. The following day, the Jets beat the Patriots 28-21. And in the AFC mm. title game, the Steelers jump out to a 40, 20, 42, no they didn't, 24 nothing lead. Uh, Jets make it interesting, rallying the 306 left, but the Steelers round the clock. They win 24 to 19. Is that Mark Sanchez? Yes, it is Mark Sanchez in his back-to-back AFC title game experiences. Free Jets bump great. Yeah, I mean, that's the best the Jets are going to do in a long time right now because 
They still don't have a quarterback. <laughs> Should have kept Mike White. <laughs> uh, the eighth appearance of the Super Bowl for the Steelers in one in 75, 76, 79, 80, 06, and 09. Their only loss, 1996, the Dallas Cowboys. Neil O'Donnell throwing picks to Larry Brown and gets himself <laughs> a big contract with the Raiders. So, February 6, 2011. Super Bowl's on Fox for the first time since 2008. Your booth, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the sidelines. Pam Oliver and Chris Myers and Mike Pereira is your referees guy who shows up later on. First Super Bowl at Dallas at Cowboy Stadium, now known as AT&T Stadium. Uh, since it opened in 2009, I think the last that Dallas was hosted at this point. I don't think they've hosted one since. Um, Dallas beat out Indy, who would get the following Super Bowl, and... Phoenix slash Glendale slash whatever <laughs> Arizona City. Um, 2008 was the main hosted previously, but they were hosted again in 2015 and this past year. That place is phenomenal. Like, I remember, I mean, there's new stadiums. I've been to SoFi now, but mm-hmm. me and my dad toured it when I was in the year before this Super Bowl run. We were in Texas and, and toured it, and it's just insane. Um, really weird fact about it. They import. They imported some spe- special stone kind of stuff for the flooring from Manitoba. Really? There's this. There's. A, I don't remember what the rock is, but at least they talked about it in the tour. Um, to get the right color of this kind of shimmery blue that shows up all over a bunch of the flooring. At least the person on the tour told us that they had it imported in from Manitoba. I can tell you that in searching it, nothing comes up, but I'm also searching AT&T Stadium. If I search Cowboy Stadium. Granted, a lot of the stuff on the stadium tours, having done the uh, Ralph Engelstad tour, it doesn't show up. Uh, though apparently, a Battle of Crown and Cowboy Stadium in the case of Kings, if someone had weekend plans in 2021... <laughs> Anyway, that's a pretty tangential point, but uh, but yeah, they got to the big game here, and for the first time in the playoffs, the Packers got to wear green. Yes. Um, so how so? How were your nerves at this point? <laughs> White high. <laughs> I mean, it was exciting. Like having a we didn't have a big Super Bowl party this year. A bunch of when I was in at university. And some of high school, we had a bunch of people over, but I don't think I would have been comfortable with people being in Watching our house. Watching you having a mental break. And I wouldn't, wasn't okay with anybody who wasn't a Packers fan being in the room. Like, you just you don't want anybody antagonizing when you're under that much kind of stress. Our whole family's Packers fans at this point for the most part, so um, we just had to kind of keep it small. Um, let's see. So I would have just moved to Fort Francis for my first paying journalism job a couple weeks beforehand. So I'm watching this at uh, Mike's place there. Yeah. This is this is yet not at the point where I'm. Not, I'm not a big NFL guy, so Super Bowl. I'm like, eh, unless you know the, the one year the Bengals made it in the last decade. So right. I also have a buddy of mine who's a big Packers fan, so I was kind of watching it to see because it's his team. So anyway, as. Um, you heard the interviews with Charles Woodson and Mike Tomlin to start off this podcast. Prior to that, uh, they introduced the 2011 Hall of Fame class. Les Richter, who I know more for his racing background than his football <laughs> background. Ed Sable, NFL Films. And then on the field, Chris Hamburger, Richard Dent, Shannon Sharp, Marshall Falk, and Deion Sanders. Also not included in the Super Bowl uh, from N- the full game that's posted from NFL is Christina Aguilera's national anthem, which created a lot of buzz about her messing up the lyrics at the time. 
So, finally get to the game itself. Opening kickoff, Antonio Brown, again, pre-madness, takes on the bounce and nicely turns to the 40-yard line. Uh, Steelers drive, starting at the 36 at 14.54 left on the clock. The first NFL start at center for Doug Ligurski because Marquise Pouncey has an ankle injury in the AFC title game, so he's out. And that was his rookie season. Yeah, so he was out, and approximately 47 Packers <coughs> were out. So, like, this was the most injured team that I think I'd ever seen and it was crazy to see how they just kept the train rolling. Did you have expectations then going into the playoffs? I mean, once you get into dance, anything can happen, but... well, Because knew, everybody's dying. Everybody's already dead. You you're going on the road good. all the way through. You knew they were good, and you knew they had to win those two games to get in. And I think it kind of... It probably built over time. Like, they weren't really supposed to beat Philly, but Akers missed two kicks. Mm-hmm. And... Then you... Destroy and then the they just and then they just light it up and then and you realize I mean you realize throughout the year this offense was so prolific even without Ryan Grant they didn't really need to run the ball a ton like if you look at the tape from that year compared to the last three or four even Rogers back to back MVP seasons he's just so different he's so much faster when he was young and threw strikes all over the place. And that's kind of how he throws for these touches, like for like in this game, the way he threw the ball, and all throughout the whole playoffs. It was just a lot of bullets that not a lot of guys can make. Mm-hmm. So when you see the way they had, like, well, throughout the year, Finley, but then Driver, Jennings, Nelson, James Jones was just mm-hmm. so stacked. And then even they get this white guy Swain going. <laughs> More than him later on. Uh, also, Robinsberger at this point in his postseason career, ten and two. The only other team or pl- quarterback that had a better percentage at that point was Bart Starr's at the game, nine and one in his postseason career in the NFL. So, uh, Steelers drive. Not too much happens on it. Uh, it ends up being a three and out. Ben tries to find Brown on the far sideline, but nothing. Near disaster on the punt though, as Williams and Sam Shields get tangled up. There's a fumble uh, with Keenan Lewis all over him, but. Williams gets on it. No harm, no foul. You're screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nervy start for sure. Uh, Packers first drive with 13-13 left on the clock. Third and nine, three play on an offside from James Ferrier. Rodgers finds Donald Driver, gets him over the middle for a 24-yard gain. There's a deep bomb to Jordy Nelson on the third and seven. He can't haul it in. Punt goes for a touchback. Jared Bush just about knocks down inside the five. Steelers get the ball to 20-11-05 left. Rashad Mendenhall, nice run for gain on almost 15. Don't worry, we're not going through every play. <laughs> Thomas is looking at my notes. Uh, you've, you've listened to the show. You were here for the other show. i got to explain the spirit of the thing. Because there's also stuff that leads to stuff that happens in the game. And there's some interesting quotes from Joe Buck on the podcast. And Troy Aikman. Um, so Mendenhall gets a nice run for gain of almost 15. Almost gets the first again in the next play. They get called back on a penalty. Right before third and two, Troy Aikman... Ben's had an interesting year on a lot of levels. <laughs> you you want to get that right? Oh my goodness, man! I mean, we talk about it today. Like that would blow up all over Twitter, saying like that was the worst way you could have said that. Or, I mean, I know that people kind of talk about the debate between like, are these guys reporters? Are they journalists? Or are they something else? And like, I don't think these guys on TV are really journalists in the same way. No, it's not like you got um, I'm trying to think of an example, like somebody who's Schefter's a little bit different, but you're not like there's no like Hart like Barnwell, I guess, or Mina. 
Yeah. But even then, that's a little bit different because they would they would take so much flack if like I understand if they had mentioned exactly what went on. We're also with how this game is too. We don't know this like the full broadcast. There's stuff that's missing as well. So maybe it's talked about in pregame. Who knows? Yeah, totally. It's it is kind of a, a weird thing to allude to something like that. Is oh, he's had an interesting year. <laughs> On the third and two plays, slings it at Heath Miller. It goes off the hands and high. Packers get the ball to 20. Uh, James, aforementioned Starks, uh, bounces off the pile and then gets about seven for a first down. Another short run for first and a couple plays. Also passing Jordan Nelson this drive. Joe Buck. Well, I am with the Black Eyed Peas. It's promised something spectacular at halftime. So we'll just see. <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Packers call a timeout for next set of plays. We then cut to John Madden on a flip phone next to George W. Bush trying to do a text. Then we cut to Cameron Diaz feeding Eric, uh, Alex Rodriguez popcorn. To which Joe Buck says, I'm sure he's thrilled about the camera being on him at that moment. <laughs> uh, Rogers avoids a sack, then finds Brandon Jackson who sprung for a first down. Brandon Jackson making an appearance. Ooh, that was the third running back, right? <laughs> I remember him. Um, right after that's a third and one play, we have this. Rogers, Jordy Nelson, touchdown, Green Bay. against William Gay and you see the hand check right there just a perfectly thrown ball by Aaron Rodgers puts it right where it needed to be William Gay unable to react to it touchdown for the Packers Rodgers down the sideline finds Jordy Nelson who beats William Gay for a 29 yard TD nine plays 80 yard drive 344 left on the clock seven nothing Green Bay Packers that was just a phenomenal throw like to to hit him, like I said, it's not really a touch pass, right? Like it's kind of touched in there, but still with a ton of pace. He knows Nelson, like their connection was already so good. Um, something he never really had with anybody until kind of peak Devontae Adams. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, Antonio Brown, in return, breaks at least two or three tackles to get across the 40 with a flag down. A, brock, a block in the back going Ryan Mundy which looks kind of cheap on the replay. That sets it back to the seven-yard line, 334 left. First play of the drive, this happens. Pumping. Wallace picked off. Nick Collins. Nick Collins on the return inside the 10. Leaps for the touchdown. Zell Adams is down. There's a flag on the field, but that's for excessive celebration. The touchdown After was the play, Unsportsmanlike conduct number 36 of the defense going to the ground after the score. That 15-yard penalty will be assessed on the kickoff. The touchdown is good. 
Let me show you what caused that. Howard Green, number 95, goes right through left guard Chris Kimoatu, and he's the one who gets the hand then right into the face of Ben Roethlisberger, disrupting that throw. He's unable to get anything on it. Nick Collins then comes across from the safety position to get the interception. This was a pump fake. They're trying to get a shot down the field. But because of the inside pressure, Roethlisberger unable to get anything on that throw in an easy interception. And a 37-yard return for the touchdown. Nick Collins, a pro bowler, playing center field. He came over, picked it off. Howard Green, a guy that the Packers picked up at the end of October, forced that throw. 14 to nothing, Green Bay. Roethlisberger pumps fakes, tries to find Mike Wallace, kind of throws a wounded duck, fakes the pressure by Howard Green, passes under the throw to Nick Collins around the 37. He winds pretty much untouched, leaps for an end zone, touchdown, flows all Adams is down, trying to make a tackle, then 800 flags fly as Collins celebrates as a no-fun police arrives because he went down to celebrate on the ground. <laughs> He's saying the Lord above, no! <laughs> that was wild, man. I mean, what a great play by Green. It was a really good team effort, right? To, to get to Roethlisberger, force that duck, and Collins is all over it. I mean, Collins was... Everyone's going to forget nowadays just how good he was mm -hmm. and his neck injury. Like, his career got cut way too Like short. we talked about with Jermichael Finley. Yeah. Like, it's it's really sad to see those things, but that's, I mean, you gain, you take. You have to appreciate every moment, right, because any of these guys could have their career ended on one play. Mm -hmm. But to s at least see the way that he was able to excel in a moment like that and and just cut back so aggressively and, and score there, right? Like, there was, I mean, later on, there was Packers playoff runs that were ended where guys didn't quite punch that ball in and they didn't score from the one-yard line. Seattle 2014, where they were up 16-0. It should have been up 24-0 and lost, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a great start, and I was probably pretty settled in at 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelers next drive after a short kick return, which is a longer kick than the reasons. So at 45, but by well day more, let's remember some guys. <laughs> that is a peak me watching college football era guy that I remember too. Yeah. Um, short pass to Emmanuel Sanders is called back on a penalty. At this point, he mentions Flozel Adams is a left shoulder injury, and Brian McFadden, one of the starting cornerbacks for the Steelers, is a hip pointer. Both guys would come back as the game go on, but the injury list for both sides starts to pile off as we get further and further into this game. Yeah, stupid sport. A second and nine. Ben gets his feet kind of his feet kind of slip out from under him, and he's limping a bit after this. Uh, third and nine. Roethlisberger steps up after looking near death two seconds earlier and rushes for a first down. But they're mentioning as a Roethlisberger, he is he's going through it during the course of this game. As such, Byron Leftwich is seen getting ready to warm up before the second <laughs> quarter, but he doesn't come in. 14 for the best. <laughs> Says you. I want a guy remember. 14 nothing um, after one. Leftwich was amazing at Marshall. Uh, Emmanuel, speaking of injuries, we start the second. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he limps off, comes back in, then leaves. As it turns out, his game is done. That was his rookie season at the time. Uh, so he's out at that point. Um, ben then steps out of the pocket, fakes the throw to Matt Spafe. He's hauled down by Clay Matthews, a gain of two. Kind of in the red zone at this point. Sanders leaves. Third and seven, Ben Roethlisberger goes over to middle to Mike Wallace, but he's tackled for a gain of four. Sean Sweeson comes out, 33-yard field goal, hooks right, foreshadowing for later, uh, but it is good. 
12 plays, 49 yards, 7 minutes, and 12 seconds of game time. 14-3 of 11.08 left. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's the longest drive. drive of the game or close to it for in terms of scoring drive. It's for sure one of them. But if you can be on the field that long and still hold to a field goal was uh, overall not bad. A 7-12 drive was definitely half of those in the uh, Monday Night Football game, which you heard in the last episode of the podcast with Rams and Chiefs. Well, and I think you can buy like, I mean, this it's, Packers defense wasn't really built to stop this Steelers run game, right? And that was the one thing they really had going for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get more celebrity sightings. John Travolta and Ron Howard. Uh, though it looks like they're both kind of filmed like in a dark room just because of the way they're trying to fill it up in the suites. Um, so we get uh, Packers next drive, 11-01 left. Not much happens. A three and out. Donald Driver, uh, they throw it to on third and five. He ends up limping off on the play. I think Driver doesn't come back after that as well. I think he comes back to the sideline, but I don't remember him coming back into the game. No, I... And also at this point, Sanders is getting golf carted out of the building. Well, that's I think that's why Swain ends up playing a bit yeah. of a role. Um, so... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Steelers' next drive, uh, the 928 left. They met Joe Buck's telling the Big Ben backstory to have paper headlines and it's all charged, mm-hmm. suspension. So it is mentioned much more t- better than how Troy Aikman tried to put it earlier. Yeah, well, somebody probably had a little bit of time behind the scenes to say, okay, maybe <laughs> this wasn't the best decision we could have made. Oh, man. Um, so you mentioned about the run game. It's a good run by Mendenhall in first. There's a flag for holding. Uh, there's driver heading down the hall at this point. Uh, Wall, uh, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. He was on a Macaulay grid recently. <laughs> uh, Robinsberger finds Mike Wallace on a first and 20 for gain of 16. Well, they more from a running run for a first down. Um, third and sixth play. Nice pass over the middle to a diving Antoine Randall L., who I forgot was back with the Steelers for one season at this point. 14-yard <laughs> um, gainer at midfield. Steelers take a timeout on second and 11. Both teams with two left at this point. Uh, Joe Buck has just finished talking about the attendance and how outside fans are watching. It's 40 degrees. Pretty sure the weather in Fort Francis and Winnipeg is probably much colder than 40 degrees. <laughs> For them, that's minus 30, though. <laughs> that's true. Um, anyways, they're talking about that when this happens. We're waiting to get the official attendance count. Jerry Jones aims for a Super Bowl record here tonight. Second down and 11. Over the middle. Dangerous pass picked off. Intercepted by Jared Bush. A collision with Mike Wallace and Jared Bush comes away with it. Jared Bush is just reading Ben Roethlisberger. And as soon as he sees the crossing round and he sees that that's where Ben wants to go with the football, he drives on it. There's still pretty good coverage underneath, but Bush was the guy who was free in coverage to read the quarterback, look at it, see where he wanted to go, and he attacked it and made a nice interception. Ben goes over to middle to find Walls, and Jared Bush has the interception. Walls is kind of battling with Sam Shields, but Bush is there as well to make the interception. 4.28 left in the clock and second pick of the day for the Packers defense. Yeah, and that was that was their MO, especially the next season, but they kind of they grew into it early in this one where they knew they weren't 
the best defense, especially being a little bit thin. They were actually ranked top five. This was the only top five defense that Aaron Rodgers ever had in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady had a, like ten of them, <laughs> and Tom Brady had nineteen top ten defenses. Just what are you implying? <laughs> I'm implying that. Uh, well, we're going to go down. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had one top ten defense. That was this top five. Drew Brees had one top five defense. That was the year he won the Super Bowl. It's almost like. But Paul's a team game? It, yeah, it's it's almost like it wasn't all Tom Brady and that he might how actually it, be the best player. But how does it affect Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes had this defense and everybody would go nuts. <laughs> well, exactly. Anyways. Um, but yeah, their game was really to force a lot of turnovers, take chances, and as long as they won the turnover battle, Aaron Rodgers and that offense would win almost any shootout with a bonus possession or two. Mm-hmm. So Packers hit the ball at their own 47, 428 left on second and seven. Rodgers finds Nelson uh, around his 33. Uh, Starks avoids being tripped up at the line and cuts the far side for a first down. Then this happens. Approaching the two-minute warning here in Arlington over the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Greg Jennings. put Greg Jennings in the slot he's here and then look at Farrier he's the guy who has to carry that up the seam Greg Jennings just goes right by him but a perfectly thrown ball because Aaron Rodgers has to beat the safeties in with the pass but that's what Mike Tomlin talked about all week long to his defense Greg Jennings third receiver in he is going to run down the seam and that's where they're going with the football we've got to be able to cover that and they didn't cover it there over the middle, it's Greg Jennings. Uh, Ryan Clark just about gets his hands on, but not really with that kind of throw. Um, hit is Jennings after he catches it is rocked at the start front of the end zone by Troy Polamalu, but no worries. 21-yard touchdown, four plays, 53 yards, 21-3 lead for the Green Bay Packers. And what an absolute rocket, too. Like, just... But he had to throw it as fast as he did because Jennings needed that extra moment to secure the ball before probably being concussed. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play doctor here, but <laughs> he definitely would have been evaluated for a concussion in 2022 if he took a mm-hmm. hit like that. Uh, Brown with a short return to the 20 out of the end, so actually about 23. On first down, Roethlisberger goes deep and finds Randall L, who gets it as Sam Shields trying to knock it down. Shields come back from behind him, kind of gets banged up and play, does come back though, 37 yard gain. That gets us a two minute warning. Very next play, this happens. Roethlisberger goes for it all. Mike Wallace incomplete. And now Woodson is slow to get up as he reaches for his shoulder. The seven-time Pro Bowler who was part of the Raiders back in Super Bowl 37 when they lost to the Buccaneers is one of the most valuable defensive players on any defense in the NFL. And he is slow to get back to the huddle. Timeout will be taken by Green Bay because Woodson's hurt. Timeout number two for Green Bay. I like what Pittsburgh did right there. They realized Woodson was hurt. They went to a hurry up even though the clock was stopped. 
And they forced Green Bay to spend a timeout to get Charles Woodson looked at on the sideline. Yeah, that, and I, I think that they, the Steelers anyway, they like that matchup that they had right there. I mean, Charles Woodson, who, as we've talked about, has had a great career, but he's best when he's around the slot defender and he's near the football. They don't like him really out there on the outside, especially matched up against the guy with the kind of speed that Mike Wallace has. So they, the Steelers failed to take advantage of it there. They want to come right back at it. But boy, Charles Woodson, he's such a big part of what they do defensively. They cannot afford after losing Sam Shields to lose him as well. Deep pass to Wallace. Charles Woodson kind of tips it away, but as he goes down, he's already hurting. Packers call a timeout in the situation. Woodson goes back on for some reason. He ends up leaving, and then he's gone because his collarbone is busted on the play. Yeah, and then they, that was also a really good effort you know if that's the last play you're really going to make in that game you made it a pretty good one and and saved a touchdown I mean for now <laughs> we'll get to that second and second and ten AJ Hawk bats the ball at the line almost gets it as it's falling Frank Zombo's there nearby as well but it falls just before it would have been a third interception third and ten as Woodson is being rushed back down from the locker room uh, toss over the middle to Heinz War by Roethlisberger uh, Steelers take a timeout after the 14 yard completion as Ben is rocked by BJ Raji with 137 left on the clock. One timeout left for both sides. Uh, Roethlisberger avoids the sack and finds Antonio Brown, who this is very early in Antonio Brown. I think this is his rookie year because he has some catches, but he's not the dude yet. No, and that's why he's returning all these kicks. And... Exactly. Uh, so that's a gain of one. Uh, Roethlisberger finds the board again, gets inside the 10. No huddle at this time. Uh, next play, this. From the eight. Back in the end zone, Ward, touchdown. Well, I'm not sure any of that was designed, Joe. Heinz, Heinz Ward comes off the ball. Looked like he was just kind of slow playing it a little bit. Was going to try to take the middle of the field and, and saw Roethlisberger come out of the pocket. And then wheeled and turned around. And I, I think Ben just kind of laid it up hoping that he would adjust to the throw, which he did. Roethlisberger avoids trouble once again. Finds Ward in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, now Nick Collins is hurt. He's going off on the VAT. Who is left on defense at this point? Because it's 21-10 Packers and 39 seconds left. Yeah, well, and that's been such a good response by them. If if the Steelers don't score there, I don't think this game ever gets close. Um, because, like, we've kind of talked about a lot of teams maybe coming into halftime feeling like they need to do something different, but only being down 11 after that play by Roethlisberger, they feel like, hey, we can kind of stick to stuff we do well and – they had a lot of success on the ground, so maybe they should probably go back to that. But yeah, looking at that defense, even it was already thin, but the guy they had left was Clay Matthews, BJ Raji. They had a couple really key pieces that needed to step up with some inexperience around them. Um, nothing had the last drive before the half. Uh, starts with short run, it pretty much ends it. Uh, Joe Buck. You can watch all the commercials on FoxSports.com. Me, I don't know. There's this site called YouTube, Joe. I can probably see all the commercials there. And as to it, well, they might kneel it here so we can show you the Black Eyed Peas. Joe seems very thrilled the Black Eyed Peas are coming out here. Yeah, that makes one of us. <laughs> 
so that's a half, 21-10. How are you feeling at this point, uh, flashing back to 12 years ago? I think that touchdown made it a little tighter, but still solid. I mean, knowing that team was still able to put up 21 points against one of the best defenses in the league, um, points were obviously going to be harder to come by later. I don't know if I really enjoyed the Black Eyed Peas, though. I do not remember the halftime show, which apparently featured Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. I'm sure they sang I Got a Feeling. <laughs> Possibly. Also coming back from the Blake break, we have a Vince Lombardi actor that appears. I mean, what, we couldn't get Chuck Noll for Steelers fans? <laughs> um, also, Joe again, don't miss the Glee Club's dream commercial, sponsored by Chevy. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, injury update coming out of the half. We find out from Pam Oliver. Woodson's collarbone, done. Doesn't say it's broken, but it's his collarbone injury. Uh, Sam Shields with a shoulder and Donald Driver with ankle injury, both possible returning. Shields does come back. Driver, yeah. we're pretty sure, doesn't. Or if he was, he wasn't on target the rest of the game. No. That I can think of. And Sanders, according to Chris Myers, has a foot injury, so he's out. And Mike Tomlin is, quote, hacked off. What was their Collins update there? Did they have one? They didn't have one for Collins. Okay. It was just um, the only guys they gave updates on were Woodson, Shields, and Driver, and then Sanders with the uh, foot injury. Um, I don't, I don't think I mentioned Collins again uh, after that. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he was done as well. Well, the defense didn't do a whole hell of a lot after that. So, mm-hmm. so Steelers uh, Packers on their first drive to start the half. Uh, at the 20 after a Jordan L6 and Eden ends on the kick. Um, Starks on a short rest. There's a holding penalty on Donald Lee. Jones gets back to the original line of scrimmage and there's a Greg Jennings penalty. Nelson slips, slides back to the line of scrimmage. Third and five. Uh, Rogers finds Jones as he beats his man, but he can't hold it. Otherwise, that's a big gain and then some. Mm. Was that down the sideline? Uh, it's kind of sort of down the sideline, yeah. I can't remember who it was that was the cornerback, but yeah, kind of for his pass first down to be caught, he would have been, and the only guy who was there would have been Paul Amalu. So it, was, it could have been a touchdown. It could have been yeah. a touchdown, if not, yeah. or if, at least a big game for sure. Because I don't know where Paul, here where Paul Amalu was in relation to the sidelines. Then we get ref ball. Antonio Brown avoids tackle. There's no game, but a flag comes, though, after the tackle, as Tom Crabtree is called for a phantom face mask. He basically kind of grabs him under the collar like this, they're going down. Face mask, apparently. <laughs> so a little better field position for the running drive? Yes. Midfield with 12.39 left. Mendenhall on a rush, bounces out, gains 15, then murders a camera guy in the sideline, and both of them are winded. <laughs> uh, ben avoids a sack on second down, gains six, and third and one. Isaac Redman, let's remember some guys, cuts over to the far sideline for a first and more inside the 10. Very next play is this. Touchdown. We talked about it earlier in the game, Joe. Chris Kimoatu, the left guard. This is the guy they like to pull right here. And you're going to see him lead the way. Richard Mendenhall, he's going to get in behind it. He cleans it up. Pretty easy touchdown for Mendenhall. Mendenhall on first and goal, powers up the middle. Eight-yard touchdown, and we got ourselves a ball game, though they almost shanked the field point after attempt to the left. 
Foreshadowing. 21-17 of 10-09 left, five plays, 50 yards, all rushing, and some help from the refs. Now you're anxious. <laughs> yeah, you're not feeling good about this, especially with the Packers offense kind of sputtering and the Steelers just running it down their throat and doing something that if you don't change something for it's just going to happen. It's, it's inevitable. Like, what can you do to stop it besides force a fumble? Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we learned that the largest deficit overcome the Winners Super Bowl is 10 points. Not in 1988, Washington. Okay, that's... That's not really fair. Washington was down, was down 10 nothing early and then scored like 50-some points on Denver. Right. And then the 2020 or 2010 game where New Orleans beat Indy, they were down by 10. Sources say that record has been broken in the last decade. I wonder what game had a big comeback in Super Bowl history. Hmm. Doesn't ring a bell. There hasn't been any memes or anything done by it. Game no. lost of time and space. Anyways, uh, so Packers get the ball. Second and seven. Rodgers finds Nelson over the middle, but it's high and bounced off. Kind of dangerous. Could have ended up being a pick. Rodgers tries to scramble on third and seven, but he runs into James Harrison is sacked. Well, <laughs> there's, a th- there's another three and out. Things are not looking good for Packers at this point. I think at this point, Joe starts to talk about momentum. At this point, Thomas shakes his head at the talk of momentum. I mean, I haven't always been an anti-momentum <laughs> propagandist, but uh, I certainly am now, and it's crazy to think that People at that level still believe in it. Yeah, so it does come up again later on. Later, I know for sure, and I'm questioning why he brought it up, but we'll see. At that point, I'm like, this would have been more three minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, Steelers' next drive, um, a third and one. Rosberg takes his first time out after a screen pass to Wallace gets him a pretty good game. Then we cut to this wild, sweet people in the suites section of Jerry Jones, Emmett Smith, George W. Bush and his wife, Laura, John Madden, and Condoleezza Rice. Hmm. I wonder who Jerry Jones votes for. Um, Greens, Ralph Nader. <laughs> One of his kids. Future Browns is almost GM Condoleezza Rice. You remember that story? Um, Waldy Moore bounces off a tackle, similar to the Redmond run earlier in Game 7. Uh, on that play, though, Ben almost bobbled a snap from, um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the backup center in, at this point, Doug Ligurski, because Pouncey's not playing in this game. Um, on a play action, Ben throws it right into the arms of Clay Matthews, but ends up being incomplete. Uh, ben is under trouble again. He floats it, trying to give to Heath Miller, but it's a loss of two. It's, ben is almost sacked by C.J. Wilson. Third and 13, Robinsberger is under pressure in the pocket and is sacked by Zombo. So, Sean Sweetsum comes out, 52-yard field goal attempt. Here's Sweetsum going to try from 52 to make it a one-point game. Long this season, 48. This would match his career long, and it's not even close. And so this banged-up Green Bay Packer defense playing without Sam Shields and Charles Woodson makes a stop. They get the sack. Sweezum misses the field goal, and Green Bay will have it at their own 42 up four. Wow. Just absolutely shamed left. <laughs> I think I remember this call. I think, like, without breaking stride, Buck mentions he or he says something about the kicks up and it's not close. <laughs> like, just he doesn't even pause as soon as the ball leaves the foot. This is like a golfer dropping the club in the follow through, like, ready to reload. Except Sweezum doesn't get to reload, he just has to go back to the sideline. 
with a bunch of men staring angrily at him. <laughs> Packers drive at their 42-yard line with their 42 of 429 left. Packers at this point, 17 total yards, 30 in penalties in the quarter. That changes right away. Rodgers over to Middleton Nelson for a 18-yard catch. Uh, following a play which or on this following a couple of plays, one of which features a like wild Andrew Quarles appearing for a catch. Let's remember some Packers. Mm. Uh, Steelers use their second time out in the three and eight with two thirty-four left. Packers still have all three. Uh, Rodgers can't connect with the aforementioned Brett Swain, but almost could have gone right to Troy Palomalu for a pick. Instead of a fifty-six-yard field goal, they got the punted Anton Randall a fair catch inside the fifteen. This is where Joe Buck thinks momentum is on the Steelers' side now. My quote is, sure, I guess. Did you just see that field goal? Which Troy Aikman compared to a snap hook on the golf course? So, a couple plays later, um, third and two, Roethlisberger tries to find uh, Wallace, but goes over his hand. It's almost picked off by Williams. On the punt, um, takes the Steelers, bounce, and there's a flag. Uh, afterwards, Williams takes it back to about 15 yards. Um, as, or no, I remember now what happened. There's a punt on the play. Um, then there's a flag because Williams takes a whack at Anthony Madison, 15-yard penalty, because it's not really on the punt return. There's like a scrum, and then they're kind of jostling, and then he goes like that. Hmm. Lucas just took a swing near my head. <laughs> this is terrible podcast footage for audio. Um, only a 66-yard field position swing there if that's it with the penalty and whatnot on the punt. So the Packers start the drive at their 13 and 47 seconds left. Third and 10, Rodgers finds Swain. Ball is knocked out by William Gates, still alive, bouncing around. Jennings almost gets on the bounce, but ends up incomplete. McCarthy challenges this, and this kills any flow of the game. It's like a five-minute review. Well, if you wanted to kill the quote-unquote momentum, this was the way to do it. <laughs> Apparently, part of it, too, was because they were trying to also figure out how much game time was left in the clock when it went down. Rule the incomplete package of timeout. Tomlin is fired up like he did something on the sideline, like, let's go! Yeah. <laughs> I did this! <laughs> like the DB celebrating as the quarterback overthrows the target by 20 yards. Classic. Um... On the punt, Antonio Brown gets a decent return about ten or so. Flag is thrown for an eligible man downfield. Uh all breaks, so they just make him re-kick. As such, Brown ends up getting in the next punt at the 45-yard line as Brett Swain just wrecks him. <laughs> Brett Swain getting all over this podcast here in the later stages. <laughs> probably the only, probably <laughs> the only podcast he's ever been on. Maybe one other one. Uh, probably a future guest in some Packers podcast talking with guys. Mendenhall uh, gets near a first down on a run uh, as Shields comes back in, uh, who missed a tackle near the line of scrimmage. Uh, gain of eight, that ends the third quarter. Right at that point, Troy Aikman is calling Mendenhall a total package this season. Uh oh. <laughs> but it's 21 to 17. Now, how are you feeling? <laughs> Well, I think the the same angst is probably fa- like it can only stay so high for so long. It's kind of just at least they still have the lead, but you kind of need to see a big play go their way at some point. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing because guess what happens on the first play of the fourth quarter, kids? This second and two as we start the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh with the ball down by four. Mendenhall loss of football. Picked up by Bishop. (laughs) 
Matthews and Pickett combined on the tackle to knock it out. And it's the third Steeler turnover of Super Bowl 45. Well, the Packers needed this. They needed to change the momentum. You see Pickett and Matthews right there knocking loose. Dave Johnson playing fullback. He didn't know the ball had come out. So the ball goes in behind him. He's not looking for it. And the Packers had a clean run then at recovering that fumble. So right after Aikman had been hyping up Mendenhall, they're going to break. He runs into two guys, Matthews and Ryan Pickett. Ball gets knocked out. Desmond Bishop is there to get it at the 45-yard line. My favorite part of the whole play is fullback, really a tight end, David Johnson, turns around, he's trying to block and sees everybody falling and misses the ball three, three yards behind him. There's your big play you're hoping for. I'm wearing a Clay Matthews jersey at this point. Nice. He was my favorite player at the time. USC boy. Yep. What do you besides getting all excited about that? What do you remember about the play and seeing it again here, just watching the clips here, refreshing for me? Well, when I watched the Packers defense, I would just watch Clay because he was so dynamic and he was my favorite player. Mm -hmm. I just stared at him. So when I saw him bust through the line and make that hit, I was pretty amped up. And yeah, like that really felt like something to just spark them and hopefully generate something good. Mm -hmm. um, on a third and seven plays, they get the ball at, the 40, at their own 45, 1453 left. Rogers throws to the sideline. It's caught by James Jones for a first on a dive near the sideline. Steelers bench disagrees, but it was a good catch for a gain of 12. Second and 10, Rogers throws a dart to Jordy Nelson. It's incomplete as he can't hold on to it over the middle. No mistakes, though, in the third and 10 play. He catches it. He runs down inside the five yard line, a 38 yard gain for a first down. Almost scores, too. Like, that was just, a, that was a big strike across the middle, too. That was the one where, did they cornerback blitz? Yes. They threw both guys off the edge there, and then, like, Jordy has 10 yards of separation on Ryan Clark and needs two. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know why you blitz Aaron Rodgers there from the corner position when he could have just rolled out of it if he really needed to. Like, I mean, I'm not a football coach, but that wasn't smart. First and goal at the two-yard line, Rodgers is hopping around like a rabbit and is sacked for a loss of six, I think, by Lamar Woodley. They're trying to find Crabtree, but Andrew Kors is open on the other side of the field, so that was kind of a mess. Second down play, though, this happens. Takes it back to the eight. Rodgers looking left, comes to his right, Jennings! Touchdown! Just when you say they haven't really gotten Greg Jennings involved, he lines up in the slot. You saw Troy Polamalu, he's expecting that seam route again because that's where he got beat last time. He's expecting the seam route, and Greg Jennings runs an excellent route, gets him to bite, goes to the corner. Aaron Rodgers is just trying to hold some of that coverage looking to his left, but I think he knew all along he was going to come back to the outside post route or corner route by Jennings. And it's back to an 11-point game. That's the third time in this game the Packers have turned a turnover into seven. Jennings gets this one, his second of the game. And the pack is up by 11.
no mistake this time around as they find Greg Jennings eight yards out. Eight plays, 55 yards, 11.57 left in the clock, 28-17. Packers, 21 points off of turnovers now for Green Bay. You said 28? Scores 28-17, 21 points off turnovers. Yeah, that makes sense. And like they said, that was what they kind of lived and died by. And um, that, was, that touchdown pass was probably the second softest ball that Rodgers threw. Mm-hmm. The next one's going to come later. Uh, on the kickoff, we turned Brown of a short Brown-ring game, but a nice stiff arm on Matt Wilhelm at the end. We also get an ad for Budweiser Select Beer, which I don't even know if they still make anymore. Listen to some bruise. I'm not your guy to talk to about that. <laughs> Definitely when you cross the border enough, growing up as I did, you recognize any of those Bud brands because they'd occasionally be at the bars. Anyways, um, Wallace gets a first down for game 11 on second and one play. Um, after Roethlisberger is wrecked by Jared Bush on a first down pass, Wallace on the screen gets a gain of 14 on a second down. A um, couple plays later, one of after there's a penalty for a hold on Flozell Adams on Clay Matthews. Then, 15-yard gain on a pass to Heinz Ward. We get this third and three play. Looks again. Floated for Wallace. What a throw! Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Tries to get his hands on Mike Wallace, and with a speed guy, you better do it if you're going to try. And he failed to, and that's why Wallace got as open as he did. You see right here, a nice route by Mike Wallace. Starts to the inside, gets gets Shields on his heels, and then he's there for the touchdown. And now Pittsburgh's going to go for two. Steelers were two for two, going for two during the regular season. Went to Mowelly Moore twice. He's not in the lineup. Packers did not face a two-point conversion this season defensively. Roethlisberger on a pitch. Successful to Antoine Randall-L. It's a three-point game with seven and a half to go. First, the touchdown. 25 yards to Mike Wallace. Perfect throw. And then Roethlisberger to Antoine Randall-L. It's a three-point game here in Arlington. Wallace has pretty much been the impact player that whole drive. Beats Shields, 25-yard touchdown pass and a floater. We didn't hear the two-point attempt. Uh, the Packers were, hadn't faced a two-pointer all season at that point. Steelers were two for two. And we get the option. Let's go. College football. Roethlisberger fakes a handoff to Rashad Benahal, then pitches it to Anton Randall, who may have run plays similar to that when he was a quarterback in Indiana back in the day. 28-25, 7-34 left. What a game. Joe Buck. <laughs> no kidding. And that was such a good ball by Roethlisberger. Just like they said, they floated it in there and – over the corner, short of the safety, and Mike Wallace, that guy was just terrifying speed mm-hmm. back then. I mean, if he was in a foot race with Tyreek Hill and in their primes, like if you Mario Kart ghosted Mike Wallace mm-hmm. to run, run beside Hill, I don't think Wallace is probably catching him. 
but at the time, that dude was quick. So Packers drive at the 25-yard line uh, after Pat Lee gains about 20 on the return, 7.29 left. On first down, Rodgers is sacked by Ziggy Hood for a loss of four, then finds Nelson uh, on second for a gain of nine. Third and five, flag though, a false start penalty makes it third and ten. This. Third down and ten, Rodgers over the middle, what a throw, Jennings! And a huge completion on third and ten. 31 yards from Aaron Rodgers. This is that same route again. He scored the touchdown on it in the first half. I, I go back to it. Mike Tomlin was so certain that they were going to try to make this throw to Greg Jennings in the slot that he instructed his backup quarterbacks, Byron Leftwich and Charlie Batch, throughout the week. Every time we have that play called against our defense, I want you to throw it because we have to get used to covering that play. Two big plays now in this game to Greg Jennings on the scene. Rodgers throws it over the middle, absolute dart to Greg Jennings, 31 yards, and very, 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 very important play. No kidding. <laughs> because if they give the ball back in good field position for the Steelers, at probably at worst, they're ending up with a field goal to tie it. Also big, not in the clip, but right next play, Starks then rushes for a first down near to 30, only the 10th rushing play of the day for Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> for a team that kind of could have abandoned it to, to go back to Starks, who really was a sneaky X-Factor player all playoffs to, to rattle off a big one and keep the chains going was, was obviously big. On second and nine, Rodgers finds James Jones inside the 10. First and goal at the eight, short pass to Crabtree for a gain, another short pass to Jones. Third and goal, Rodgers attempts to find Nelson, but it's ruled it's incomplete. He's covered by Anthony Madison. Crosby comes in, 23-yard field goal, 31-25 with 2.07 left to go. I kind of disagreed with this field goal call. I don't know about the play call and leading up to it, but in my mind, I don't know how I feel about this now, but I kind of thought, why not just try the touchdown? Because you already have them down at the eight. Yeah, because if you if you get this field goal, I think they would have been at the five or the six. Then for they're sure. going to push for a touchdown. They might play a little bit more conservative if you're if they're only down three, and just make sure they get into the field goal range. I mean, later on, we Aaron Rodgers in overtime, we're not friends. <laughs> but I don't know if it wasn't if it was the right call to not just try to put him out of reach. Because it's sort of like they were kind of going for the throat prior to that of all the passing plays in a way. Right, and then they, then they go to this field goal, and now the Steelers haven't led all game, and they have a chance to lead with zero seconds on the clock with a touchdown. So on the kick, it's a squib to Redmond, a short gain. He's brought down by Atari Bigby, but there's a flag as the Aaron Fox is shoving Crabtree right after the whistle, and they've been kind of battling right directly in front of an official. Yeah, two minutes <laughs> left, but you got to call it. Uh, so Steelers start with 159 left. For reference, um, we have one timeout left as well. In the 2009 Super Bowl, when they were down by three, they got the ball back about 2.30 left on the clock and scored at 42 seconds left in the San Antonio Holmes winning catch. They had two timeouts to work with. That was a pretty good catch. I was almost Matt Liner's Super Bowl. No comment. <laughs> he played a key role in that season. My boy Matt, backup quarterback for the Cardinals. Good clipboard holder. Might rock my liner jersey next time you see me when I come back from vacation. Uh, anyways, uh, 
First pass to Heath Miller for a gain of 15. Then a short pass to Heinz Ward for a gain of 5. Uh, throws it away on second down as Rosberger being pressured by A.J. Hawk. Right before that, uh, they cut to a shot of Ben, or ben Wallace. I did it again. Of Wallace kind of waving his arm. He doesn't know what the route is. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure that out. Third and five. Ben, I don't know who he's throwing it to. They're saying Ward or Wallace in the intended target. It might have been Lynn Swan. There was nobody in the general vicinity of that pass. Which brings up fourth and five, 56 seconds left. I have cold sweats at this point. Like, I, I, I sat on the couch. I couldn't move. Like, I was, like, almost crisscross applesauce. Just, like, all of the build-up to this, just needing it to be over. Fourth down and five. And a hope of a comeback rests with his play. This ball is incomplete, but it was a fourth down pass, and Green Bay will take over. Mike Wallace, the intended receiver. There was contact at the top of the route, but no flag was thrown. There sure was, Joe, and Mike Wallace was looking around for a flag, and I, I'm, I might be with him. It looked to me like the, the contact was before the ball arrived. Look at the top of this, Tremont Williams. There, it didn't look nearly as significant. Yeah, I think that's a good no call. I agree. I agree. We saw the legs contact each other, but he was coming underneath the route. I think based on where the ball was thrown, it looked more severe than what it really was. And I agree with you, Joe. I think it's a a good non-call and a great defensive stop by the Packers. On the fourth down play, as you just heard, Rosberger tries to find balls. It's ruled incomplete. You hear Joe and Troy talking about contact. And maybe there's no flag in the play. There wasn't. If you watch it again, Wallace kind of gets it, but can't haul it in. Williams is there. Bush almost gets it as the ball's fallen. That's it. Packers deal down from there. Make the final 31 to 25. Thomas is excited. That was a huge rush. I we were jumping up and down when when they turned the ball over and just and that excitement didn't stop for a while. I will say, I think Tom Brady would have got up pass interference flag there <laughs> but not many other people would have gotten it but uh, especially not Ben he wasn't very popular that year <laughs> uh, your final stats we'll start off with the Packers Rogers 24 39 304 yards and three touchdowns named Super Bowl MVP no picks Starks 11 rushes for 52 yards Nelson nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown and also had a couple drops so it was an even bigger game yeah Jennings four catches for 64 and two touchdowns Charlie Pepper, who I don't think we've mentioned at all in this podcast, <laughs> led with tackles of 10. <laughs> Bush and Collins with picks, and Bishop and Williams fumble recoveries of Williams as well on the punt return. Steelers, Roethlisberger, 25 of 40, 263 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Mendenhall, 14 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown, also had the fumble. Wallace, 9 catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Ward, 7 catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Clark, eight tackles, and sacked by Woodley, Harrison, and Hood. Anything of note from the stats before we kind of get... Oh, what other stat? Fewest combined rushing attempts by two teams in the Super Bowl with 36. That's still a record. And for a winning team, the Packers, 13 attempts. 
ties the 2000 St. Louis Rams for the least by a Super Bowl winner. Wow. <laughs> anything else we're getting in the aftermath? We got everything covered. Do you think uh, anything that stands out here from the stats? You mentioned it. Rodgers, no picks. Roethlisberger had two. And obviously the fumble recovery. And the Packers took advantage of their opportunities. Well, I mean, overall, I think the Steelers were the better team, especially with the ground game. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of people talk about football being decided by the three or four big plays. And when you think about it, the really big touchdowns. So Mike Wallace play was pretty big, but the Jordy touchdown, the Jennings touchdown, the first one, and the turnovers, like a lot of those big plays went Green Bay's way. Mm -hmm. So the aftermath for both teams, we'll start off with the Steelers. Um, they went 12-4, second in the North. Uh, Ravens had the same record, but they won in the division due to a sweep. They lose in the wild card round on the Tim Tebow overtime pass. <laughs> Thomas has a grin on his face. Oh, the, the Tim Tebow, Demarius Thomas, yes. where he just ran into the tunnel and never left. Yes. Um, Rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. Closest to the Super Bowl uh, Steelers have come since was the 2017 when they lost the title game to the name the Patriots. Roethlisberger retires after 2021. Uh, we're now in the second season, about the start of the Kenny Pickett era. Uh, Tomlin is still with the Steelers as coach, the second longest tenure in the NFL behind Bill Belichick. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh was third, that is Pete Carroll and Andy Reid. We're not going to talk about how close the Packers have come since, are we? Get the booze out, Thomas. <laughs> in 2011, the Packers went 15-1 and for the first of four straight North Division titles. Including a big win over Oakland that I was in, in attendance for in week 14-ish, maybe 15 they won 13 straight, then lost week 15 at Arrowhead to the Chiefs, 37 to 20. So okay, so it was week 16. It was right after the loss. Uh, then gets stunned 37 to 20 by the Giants in a divisional round. Gross. Rodgers wins the first of his four MVP trophies. As Thomas has alluded to, then it's a decade of pain for the, for the Green Bay Packers. The closest they have come to the Super Bowl since then is NFC title game losses to the Seattle Seahawks in 2015. The Falcons in 2017, the 49ers in 20, and the Bucks in 21. A bunch of other losses along the way as well in playoff games. Yes, the Hail Mary season to Richard Rodgers that had another Hail Mary to Jeff Janis in the end zone, where Jeff Janis had 104 or 105 receiving yards on one drive <laughs> because they had a fourth down play. From, from where Rodgers rolled from the end zone and threw a big ball to him. Then they had a five-yard penalty and then threw the Hail Mary to him um, with no time left. And then Rodgers didn't get the ball in overtime. He's had a, I think he's had three or four overtime losses where he never got to touch the ball. Um, of the playoff losses, we won't go through every single one of them in that year or for that season, which is the biggest gut punch? I'm guessing... I mean, I know a lot of people are still shook by the Seahawks loss just because of how it finished. Well, it was it was the Seahawks one when they were up 16-0 and had two field goals inside the five. I think that one at least one of them was from the one-yard line where they just elected to kick the field goal where they could have been up 24-0, but it was only 16. And then the Seahawks had the fake punt touchdown pass by John Ryan, former Blue Bomber guy remembering. <laughs> um and then Marshawn's big touchdown 
and then the overtime, like, they, they took the lead by three with the two-point conversion where Wilson rolled out like a madman and found somebody open in the end zone, throwing back across his body. Crosby kicked a field goal. They got into field goal range in, like, 35 seconds to tie it up. And then the Seahawks got the ball and had, what was it, Curse with the touchdown moon ball over the top right in the middle of the field to win 22-16 or 25-19 or something like that. And to me, that was the worst one. The most what could have been was the one where they lost to the Bucks by like six points and Rodgers got sacked six times without David Bakhtiari on the O-line mm. because he got injured in week 17. Uh, in terms of McCarthy and Rodgers, McCarthy was fired on December 2nd, 2018 after a loss to Arizona. At that point, the Packers had a 4-7-1 record. Uh, Rodgers, of course, is now with the New York Jets, and the Jordan Love era for the Packers officially gets underway, and barring it. As we record this, on the 30th of July, barring some sort of weird injury in training camp, as a Bengals fan, you know what I'm going through, <laughs> uh, Love set to start this season. So... As we discussed, you're not really a fan of anybody at this point except your fantasy team. Um, I'm guessing you know you're kind of curious to see how this plays out for Rodgers in New York and uh, the Packers now. Is they, again, they've only really had a couple quarterbacks for the last three decades, Favre and Rodgers. Oh, it's it's really exciting for sure to, to see whether or not Rodgers will succeed after taking his pay cut that he never <laughs> took when I was a fan of the, their team. And as we discussed, though, too, Rodgers is a completely different quarterback now than he was. Yeah, he's not the same, but he's... And you mentioned that watching the highlights. Like, he had so many weapons that one year, and it was effective or for a couple years, and then he just didn't really have much help. But with all of this... All of this lack of help came after he won this Super Bowl and demanded to be the highest-paid quarterback and took one of these big contracts. Now that he's taking the Brady-style cut and he can have some more weapons around him with Garrett Wilson and the guys, it's going to be potentially pretty good. On the other side, I mean, it's just it's fun to see what Jordan Love can actually do when they give him the keys. If he ever gets hurt, I don't... I mean, Jordan Love was bad in his start against the Chiefs a few years back when Rodgers... Um, was immunized <laughs> and got, got COVID-19 um, and they just blitzed him to death so if anybody else has to come in this Clifford guy I don't even know his first name but whoever the backup is like that's not going to be pretty even love there's going to certainly be some growing pains as there were with Rodgers when he yeah. finally got to play I think people forget that too Rodgers he wasn't was instantly great well the same with Favre too like he, he did come in that was good but he wasn't like the Packers didn't become Super Bowl contenders like under Rodgers until they right. were three or four but yeah I mean when I think about my my fan experience Sean Clifford by the way is yes, who you're thinking of there it is even as a, as a fan, though, to, to think back, like, why do you why do we watch this stuff? We don't really watch to have a Super Bowl moment because even the next day, like, maybe the next day was fun at school, getting to wear all my gear and whatever, but then after that, nobody really cares. And it's all about the journey. And as a fan for that whole stretch, I had that heartbreaking loss and then a Super Bowl and a great season where they won almost every week. And then a bunch of playoff runs where they were exciting and they just, the last couple breaks didn't go their way. But every year you thought legitimately, not like a Leafs fan, <laughs> you thought legitimately this could be our year. 
Well, I was going to say, with the Bengals 2021, I mean, I'd seen them lose so many playoff games. Just them winning a playoff game that first year, like, holy shit! I don't care after that. And they go to the bloody Super Bowl and almost get a Super Bowl again the following year. So at that point, it's like, for me, it's a little bit different just because the Bengals have been sad sacks mm-hmm. as long as I've cared for them. For the most part, they've had good teams, but they didn't really do anything. So it's kind of like, everything was sort of like a bonus. So I was just laughing hysterically mm-hmm. as they were going on that run, so... Yeah, I mean, it's fandom's weird, right? One out of 30, one out of 32 teams gets to win, and everybody else, you get hurt at the end of the year. So you have a 3% chance of not being pissed. <laughs> or you just get hurt at the start of the year, and the pain continues if you're a Texans or something like that. Anyway, well, if you're a Texans fan, you should reevaluate a lot of life choices that led you to this. You probably were also an Oilers fan as well back in the day, so thoughts and prayers for you during your NFL fandom. Anyways, this game itself, Thomas, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. Would you recommend this game as one to go back and watch? I'm, and I'm guessing if you're a Packers fan, obviously. If you're a yeah. Steelers fan, no. <laughs> I mean, from a pure football standpoint, if you were to just throw a game on and, like, show, pretend that, or to, to put a game on and show someone who's not really that much into football and just try to get them to like football... This would be a great one because of just how many exciting things happened. The fact that somebody took a big lead, but it wasn't safe. Um, it had almost everything. The only thing that really could have made this game perfect from a neutral standpoint would have been if the Steelers completed a last-minute drive to win by one. Or there was like a lead change or something at some point along the way, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lead change was zero seconds on the clock. <laughs> that was, you would like, not be here. Do, do you think squeeze him? Do you think Sweezen would have made the extra point to win the Super Bowl? Like, I don't... I mean, back then it wasn't long. Yeah. But he was so suspect that I don't know if I would have... After, the, after that shank. He almost they, gone they two. went for two prior to that. That's the way the game was. So this wraps up a stretch where we're doing a bunch of football games so they're kind of in a row here for the podcast. Is this as good as the catch game? No. Is this better than the first XFL game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this as good as the 06 Rose Bowl? I refuse to comment on the 06 Rose Bowl. I'm so traumatized I have to watch it again. Is it as good as the Monday Night Air Raid Spectacular between the Rams and Chiefs? It's a better play defensive game. I'll get at that. <laughs> um, it's a good game. I think there's better Super Bowls that you're going to yeah. show in neutral. With... At times, I think this is a neutral site game. Joe Buck does mention that, you know, there's a good traveling intention. But it feels like a week seven atmosphere between, like, the Browns and the Jags. Yeah. Like, I think it's a little bit different. I definitely think I was more injured the first time I watched it. And obviously you would have been. Yeah. But walking back on it now without knowing falling lines, it doesn't have that same... And I don't know, I haven't done any other Super Bowl sort of podcast yet, but it doesn't feel like it has that same type of vibe that it was going through it but I still think it's worth going back to watch uh, especially if you want to see prime Ben and prime uh, Rogers for the most part it's, you know because you, you see what Ben breaks down later on he's kind of a mess right but we'll see what happens here with Rogers going forward with the Jets it's still kind of an unknown as we record this oh yeah like I said it's still one of the best games Rogers really ever played given the stakes and just to watch the way he moved the way that he delivered balls all over the place just it looks different it looks it looks better than anybody who's playing today like what his peak was honestly phenomenal and I 
nobody can take me seriously to say that I think he, like, at the time, he was the best quarterback ever. Like, Mahomes is probably going to end up better. But I will never say that he wasn't more talented than Brady. Brady, Manning. But it's also a different kind of quarterback, too. I mean, I saw, I did, again, it's a college diehard. Uh, I always kind of compare it to Rodgers. And Rodgers scared the shit out of me in 2004 when he was at Cal. Him and, I think he threw like 25 straight passes about an incompletion to start the game against USC. Mm-hmm. It was like a low USC team. And him and Liner were going back and forth the whole game. And that was probably their toughest test of the 04 national title run. Right. And so I find that more impressed than anything that the guys Rogers could do all the things Brady could do plus move. And, and the only thing that Brady could do that Rogers couldn't do was have a really good defense a lot of years. Yeah. Again, football's actually a team game, but the way the fan bases are now in a lot of the media setting, that was all individual driven. So, now I'm curious what it was like in the Montana Elway Marino days, if it was that same kind of thing. But we weren't even we were not thought of at that point. I and my opinions are not always well received in this kind of thing, but I kind of have the new is always better mentality when it comes to watching 80s sports and I just say like the teams today in almost every sport would completely wax the teams of the 80s and 90s but but you also have to understand that they're built on a foundation of past heavy offenses and and, well and just learning taking the best of one era and moving it into the next one so me trying to put 80s guys in 2020 WHL well, that guy just got sent into Rosette. Anyways, Thomas, thanks for doing this once again. Uh, we'll have you on here again at some point. I don't know what we're going to talk about for the next time. Uh, we're still going to find some gray owl media flight footage. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get the people on it. I'll have, to, I'll have to get people around for my title defense next year. <laughs> I'll have to get someone to film it. If you want to hear Thomas's other parents on the show talk about 1986 g-pack basketball you can't just by going through the archives uh for the legend of some sports podcast you can do that on spotify tune in app apple podcast and directly into the show on anchor thanks Justin, once again we'll talk again soon and so the number six seed the green bay packers who had to go through philadelphia had to go through atlanta had to go through their rival the chicago bears to get to super bowl 45 Lead by six. And Mike McCarthy from the Greenfield neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, gets the Gatorade bath along the sideline. Tears in the eyes of Donald Driver. Tonight's cam sponsored by Budweiser, an up-close and personal look. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.